I'm Amanda, and this is Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode. I would like to introduce you to our guest. We've got Brooke Samberski of Brooks Bitch and Stitches today. She, like me, began her quilting journey about six years ago. She's always been crafty and creative, and she dove headfirst into quilting, which we'll hear all about. Um, she is also designing patterns, which is fantastic. And her series that she has started is called Home, and she's adding all of the 50 states. So hopefully your home state comes out soon. Otherwise, you can head to her website and check all the cool stuff out. And that being said, let's enjoy Brooke. So you're learning baby lock stuff. I don't, I've never used baby lock. So what is like, because I hear so much about it. So like, what is the draw for it? Like what makes people love it so much, I guess? You know, it's funny for me. I, um, so I haven't been sewing for very long. I've only been sewing for about six years. And a friend of mine um, took me to our local fabric store and mm-hmm. they sell Bernina and Janome and Baby Lock. And, and um, prior to even walking into that store, I never used a sewing machine. I don't know how to sew a button. I don't know how to hem pants. I still don't to this day. Yeah. <laughs> so You're my like, husband Ugh. does all of that domestic stuff. Anything <laughs> related to the machine, I've got you covered. But oh my stuff I can't do. And so we go into the store, the fabric store. And um, I'm talking to um, to one of the young ladies and I'm telling her, you know, I really have no idea. I do all this different type of crafting. I've never done sewing, never done quilting, but I want to try. And my mom had said for your birthday, I'll get you a sewing machine. So mm-hmm. the young lady showing me different models. And I said, you know, I'm looking for something. I'd love to do some machine embroidery. I think it's cool. I have no idea how to do it. And also have a sewing machine. So she took me to Baby Lock, the Baby Lock section. And she told me that Baby Locks were extremely user-friendly, especially Mm. for beginners. So she showed me this, um, it was a Baby Lock Verve. And it's got a four by four embroidery frame, very tiny, but, Mm -hmm. you know, enough to kind of learn and play around with it. And it's got a, you know, very small digital screen. And I thought, yeah, this is perfect. So I bring it home and that was, I mean, the rest is history. That that was the first stitch and was on the machine that I brought home. (laughs) Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, I think user-friendly is uh, underrated, I guess. I don't know. Cause we have Bernina's and my mom has always had a Bernina machine. Like her, her machine that she's been sewing on is as old as I am if not older. And, um, so we just recently in the last couple of years have gotten some newer machines. We have an Artista 730, which isn't new, but it's new to us. And then we were like, Oh, this is so cool. We can do embroidery. So we'd like, you know, do labels for people's quilts if they want it. And, um, which is really fun and it's got some bigger hoops. And so we've done some bigger projects and then, um, we got a something 530 I can't remember the number all of a sudden anyway and that does even better embroidery and you know 
because my mom was like, I've been using my personal machine this whole time. Like the business needs to buy me one. I'm like, you're right. And so there's a bunch of buttons and labels with no labels. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm clicking. I don't know why this button is a triangle when it does this thing. Like, <laughs> exactly. Hence the class I signed up for, for baby lock. Cause I had upgraded to an Altair. So it's got, you know, like that iPad type mm. um, user interface, very intimidating. And I spend a lot of time on YouTube. YouTube is my friend as well yeah. as Facebook videos that people post. And yeah. <clears throat> I learned on the computer, but just like you, there's these symbols and mm-hmm. they're random. I have no idea what they mean. And yeah. I thought, you know, you spend quite a bit of money on these machines. I'd love to know what that button actually does. So yeah, that is my journey. The next three days taking this baby lock course, it's virtual, which is oh. awesome. There's only about maybe 13 people in the class. It's, it's very small and intimate. And we just go section by section. So today was very basic. This is how you turn your machine on. This is how you use, you know, the buttons on the main screen. And then I'm really excited to get into the machine embroidery because I use machine embroidery a lot. And there's a lot of things that I'd like to improve upon in my skill. And I think if I learn what these buttons mean, it's going to get me there. Right. Yeah. You're like, please. (laughs) Right, exactly. Please help me. (laughs) Tell me why this isn't working correctly. Right, I know. (laughs) It's that like, oh, right, I have to take some time to take classes. Like, that's another, as a business owner, like I'm sure you know, it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, I've got to take some time off work and I've got to put some things aside. And it's part of the job, right? Like any other career field. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, that's okay. I was just, it's like fine tuning. You know, we're yeah. sharpening our pencils all the time because mm-hmm. there's always something new coming out in the quilting yeah. world with technology and new tools and notions. And we yeah. want to make sure that we are, you know, we, if someone says something to us, we know what they're talking about and we're able to share new tools and really cut down on time mm-hmm. that we're, you know, I kind of think AccuQuilt comes to mind, to be honest. Mm-hmm. The amount of time that I save by using my AccuQuilt cutter is yeah. fantastic than when I was cutting manual. Right. Which takes a long time. And it's my least favorite part besides binding. Me too. <laughs> I'm not good at um, measuring. Mm. So reading a ruler, even, even though I'm an engineer, <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's a secret about me. I do not know how to read a ruler. So, you know, you get the creative grids that goes down to the eighths. And Mm -hmm. even when I'm cutting and you're using your your ruler, I tend to shift that ruler ever so slightly. And with my AccuQuilt, it's always 100% every time. And it helps me. Right. No, that's awesome. And it's so funny too, because like, like you, this... I grew up in a crafty ass household. Like we have all the things, whether it's just coloring to like, you know, stamping stamps for like, we did like dots or stamping up either one, you know, making cards. And so we have all these tools and we have a the um, Sizzix, which is like the AccuQuilt, but it was for paper crafting. But we have all these like, we have all these die cuts things and we're just like 
well, can't we cut fabric with this? And so we were like cranking fabric through. We like made a whole bunch of hearts for this quilt we were making to applique onto the center of the quilt. And my mom was just like cranking them out. She's like, this is heckin' great because we didn't have to sit there and cut them all out by hand and try to figure that out. And I was like, oh, I always forget we have this thing. <laughs> so it worked? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So how many layers of fabric did you have when you were using it? And also tell me, which which Sizzix machine do you have? It's, I don't know which one it is. It's like one of the first ones. It's like a little white and red, you know, thing. And it's, you crank it through yeah. and it's got the like plates that you put in. We've had that thing since I was like early middle school. And she just kept it because it's like, you spend all this money on it. And we also both have like first or second generation cricket machines so you have like the separate cartridge and like the like uh specific keypad like cover that you put over the keyboard so you know which buttons to push and like we've used that for fabric but it's a little trickier because um you know the blades dull but yeah for I think she did like two sorry back to your question of how many layers um I think she was doing like one maybe just one but possibly two. I didn't exactly see once she started going, I was like working on other stuff. So I didn't see, but, but it was just so much faster and like they're cut perfectly. It was great. I was like, I'm like, this is basically an AccuQuilt. She was like, I know (laughs) it's just not as big. So, but we have like a three and three quarter inch square. So we're like, Oh, we're making like, we needed little squares for something. Like we have that template, like we have things that we can use. So I was like, Hmm. <laughs> oh, you've just inspired me because I have to tell you, the my Sizzix machine has now made its way to the garage sale pile for next oh. spring. And now that I know this, because I have to admit, I've never even opened the box. I went through, just like at your house, I went through the phases. Mm-hmm. Craft and vinyl maker. I've made chocolate cake decorating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the rooms of my house show these phases that I've gone through, <laughs> especially the closets. And as I as I was sharing with you earlier, as I've taken over so many rooms of our home, yeah. I needed to clean out some of that area. So this machine has recently come out and surfaced, and I realized you've never even opened it, Brooke. And Cuddlebug which is also oh. I think, a Cricut product, uh, uh-huh. a smaller one, mm-hmm. still in the box, never used. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have all these dyes because I had such wonderful intentions of making mm-hmm. beautiful birthday cards, thinking of you. No, mm-hmm. Hallmark still gets my business today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, at some point you just have to like cut the corners. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. And really sewing and quilting has taken over all of yeah. my spare time. And it yeah. is really the one craft and hobby that um, I haven't picked up, kept for six months and moved on. I've kept it and we keep going with it, which is great because um, like I said, it's taking over our home. <laughs> yeah. like, better be good. Right, Losing exactly. all my space to it. <laughs> There's a lot of fabric in this house. And if I don't use it, I don't know what's going to happen with it. <laughs> right. I know. Ugh. I know. I just bring everything over here because I don't really have the space in my house. And uh, I'm sure if you listen, you've probably heard me talk about our Airbnb, but the whole downstairs of our house is shared space. So like I don't have where I used to take over the whole living room and have my little sewing cart out with my machine on it, my iron and like have all the things. Well, I can't do that anymore. So 
I'm just like, sorry, mom, you just have to be the harbor for all my junk. But I whittled it down. And before I brought anything over here to store, like use, I just, I went through it and cleaned it out. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff that I'm like, I have so much stuff. (laughs) Have you found your taste in fabric has changed over the years? Yes and no. Um, I've always loved color. I've always loved big, bold prints. Like even looking back at the things I would choose like for my mom to make stuff for me with before I started sewing at all, just like very, like, yeah, very similar. But I just think as new and different designers have come out that are more modern, that I lean towards that more. But yeah, it's it's pretty similar. I like I've always loved color and big, yeah, big bold prints and but also like florals and beautiful stuff too. So I think like that's where like rifle paper get me. That's where Ruby Star Society gets me, like, because they kind of have all those elements. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> right, exactly. Take my money, please. Have it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what can I sell to make more money to buy more fabric? <laughs> <laughs> I found too over the years my my style pretty much stays the same with fabric choices. I'm always I'm very like bright, bubbly. Um, I do you know no no muted colors, you know natural colors. I mean maybe a little gray and black here and there, but there's going to be a pop of color like hot pink or yellow or something in that um, in the quilt. But yeah, definitely bright, happy, cheery colors. Mm -hmm. Um, I find that. I, I'm like really, really love Moda um, as mm. a manufacturer, and I yeah. you know that <clears throat> there may be like a layer cake or a fat quarter bundle that I would say, you know what, I really wouldn't normally be gravitating towards that, yeah. but I really like those colors together. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of see myself opening up just a smidge yeah. on, on my fabric, but I pretty much have been consistent. Yeah. Yeah. There's times where like, I will find myself kind of going, oh, I really like, you know, you mentioned muted, like, oh, I kind of like that neutral kind of tone on tone. And so I'll kind of pick some of that up. But then, you know, my very next project or my very next purchase is like, like Tula Pink, you know, or you know, something super bright and fun and full of color and, and busy patterns. And, you know, I love, I just, I have so many loves because there's just too many good designers out there right now. And it's really painful (laughs) to not be able to buy all of it. (laughs) I am trying to like, cut down to a little bit because I'm like, okay, I got to use what I've got, but also quit designing good stuff all the time. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, you think about it too, especially what we've experienced the last couple of years with fabric where it's hard to reorder. And mm-hmm. so when it's out, the quantity that's out there is all that's out there. So it's yeah. like, oh, I, you get that urge. You're like, I, I have to, you think about it. You're like, no, I'm going to wait. 
And then you're dwelling on it all evening. And then the next morning, bam, you're making that purchase online. And it just feels so satisfying. I am truly a fabric collector. It is, it is something that I love. I, I love going to a fabric store. It's therapeutic to me. It used to be Target. Target used to be very therapeutic to me. Um, but now it's a fabric store and, you know, just going and walking around and you're thinking, okay, I could do this project, that project. And it just feels so good. And I find myself that that has become another hobby for me is mm-hmm. purchasing fabric and hoarding yeah. fabric. <laughs> I'm curating my collection. Yes, a hundred percent. My collection is quite, quite big. <laughs> right. I bought, I said I wasn't going to buy any more fabric this year. And I lied to myself and everyone on this show. Um, but I did buy some that I can't even remember the line now, but it's got these huge like fall colored florals in it and a big plaid. And I was like, good God. So I bought some, I'm going to make a tablecloth for my, we just have like a little 50 inch square table, but I'm like, this can, it's useful. It's not just like, I don't know. Anyway. So I was like, shoot. And then I ordered some more Christmas fabric. It's fine. It's fine. That's it. I'm done. That's it for now. But anyway, I just I went in, I, oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, you go. You go. I was just. I went into the same New Year's resolution in 2022. I said to myself, "You're not going to buy any fabric." And I think I made it a couple of months, and then it was. I saw an Instagram. Life is too short. Buy the fabric, and I was like, "You are so right." I'm like, thank you. Yes, I love this energy. Exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, so, okay. So you started sewing, like you said, about six years ago, which that was me too. I, my friends were like, "Sit down, you're making a quilt," and I was like, "Fine." But um, so like, I guess what ultimately brought you there, and like, did it take? you very long to really love it or were you like instantly hooked I was instantly hooked um okay so growing up as I mentioned I've always been extremely crafty and always creating and I remember my grandmother teaching me how to do hand embroidery when I was a young Mm -hmm. girl and so my summers when she would visit I would sit and I would make pillowcases with her and then I would make friendship bracelets or magnets out of perler beads. And Mm -hmm. so I was constantly making things and I really kept that creative side really my whole life. And so when I, um, when I found, when I purchased the first sewing machine and brought it home, my friend introduced me to quilt of the month. And our local fabric store where I purchased the machine was doing a quilt of the month program. And every Saturday, or I'm sorry, the first Saturday of every month, you would go to the store, you'd get your uh, block for that month, and you Mm -hmm. could show other projects that you were working on. So she, she said, let's do this work. So we'll, we'll sew together on a Saturday in the month. I'll help you make the block. And then we'll go the next month and get our new block. And so that's how it started. So my first stitch on my machine was literally making a block of the month. And I remember sitting at my kitchen table and she was talking about um, a quarter inch scant. 
And she was saying, squaring up um, the block. And I was like, what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're saying. And now I laugh thinking about it because now this just, it's just common verbiage that you, that we say, Mm -hmm. um, but I absolutely loved it. The, the quilt of the month program, it was a pretty, let's say maybe like 10 by 10 blocks. So they were smaller size blocks, but using my engineering brain and the patterns that they gave us was extremely thrilling to me. I, I just, I just dived right in. Like I really loved it because yeah. I was using the creative side of me, but also making a block was like making Legos and putting yeah. together Legos I used to as a child. Right. So it was, it was literally making Legos using fabric and creating something with, you know, color and um, different hues of colors and different fabrics. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's really how the obsession started. And I remember her saying to me, Brooke, when you, when you start this, this, this particular craft, you're going to fall in love with fabric. You're going to buy a lot of it and <laughs> you're going to love it. And she's a hundred percent right because yeah. I really do love this. And so I, I joined the block of the month. I did it for the first year, made my first quilt. And along the way, I would start bringing in other projects and sure. just YouTubing and Googling terms and mm-hmm. attending a quilt class on how to make a quilt um, at that particular store. And just six years later, here we are. And, you know, now I'm doing writing my own patterns and, you yeah. know, just kind of taken everything um, really, I think, to the next step and the next level for me personally. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I know. It's like, I've always loved fabric because my mom has always had it around and it's always been a part of my life, but I never really was like, I never got into sewing. I would pick things and then be like, you make it. But yeah, I think it just, it just fueled the fire even more. And I was like, oh no, but yeah, I'm with you. It's And the first time was so hard for me, but also like, I didn't want to quit. I like seeing the finished product. I was like, okay, I can do this. And to your point, it is, it's like tapping into that creative side, kind of letting your inner child play a little bit in a more sophisticated way, I guess. But it can also be just this fun because you are, you're constructing something and you get to see the process of how it comes together. And you're like, Oh my God, I made that. (laughs) I loved it. And if I, you know, if I, I didn't know what a scant quarter inch was. So you know, I was, I would get my seam ripper out and I take it apart and I would try again and just mm-hmm. keep trying again and trying again. And I remember the first time that I, I made a, um, a nine block and my corners actually were correct. And it was so exciting. I mean, you just, yeah. you just stare at it and you're like, I did it. I absolutely mm-hmm. did this and I can do this. So coming from you know, home ec in seventh grade, many, many years ago, and learned nothing in home ec on how to sew that just was not my sweet spot at all fixing a vacuum cleaner at that age was more my sweet spot (laughs) than sewing and then we are today um it's it's actually been it's a really great journey and I remember too um hearing about layer cakes Mm -hmm. uh jelly rolls 
And I was like, wow, that those are Danishes. Like, I really need to try these in the quilting world. I'm going to make beautiful things. I'm going to have desserts too. And yeah. then I realized like, no, those are, it's, it's fabric, Brooke. <laughs> yeah. Mona's way of saying, here's some delicious fabric. <laughs> exactly. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, I know. When, like the first time I saw a layer cake, my I had been gifted one. My friends got me some for my birthday and they're like, oh, this layer cake. And I was like, what? <laughs> they're like, it's the, they're, it's the stack of 10 inch squares. And I was like, noted. Thank you very much. <laughs> and, but yeah, it's like, and I love, I love buying layer cakes because they're so versatile. Me too. I love it. And it fits with the quilt patterns I designed because they're pixelated. Mm-hmm. I in two and a half inch squares are, are what I cut. So running a 10 or layer cake through my Accu quilt is easy peasy, couple swipes, and I've got a quilt ready to go. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, okay, so then what got you into designing your own patterns? Like, how long before you were like, all right, next? <laughs> <laughs> so, designing quilt patterns um, was actually really not something I had considered mm-hmm. um, until last summer. Okay. So it literally fell into my lap, so to speak. Um, so my husband and I, we were preparing to visit Michigan. Uh, Michigan is home for me. And okay. uh, he said to me one night, he said, you know, Brooke, do you have a quilt to take home to Michigan with us? And that would be really cool if while we're visiting Michigan, we took pictures of a quilt that symbolized Michigan in various parts of the state. Yeah. And I thought, well, at that time, I actually had designed a pixelated state of Michigan quilt. And I designed the quilt in EQ8, but I never actually made it. So Mm -hmm. that night I thought, well, let me visit that pattern again. And I looked at it and I was like, okay, I have three weeks to complete this before we leave for Michigan. And I accepted the challenge. I thought, okay, (laughs) I can do this. And so I created um, the first, my first pixelated pattern design, which was a state of Michigan um, based on that original design that I had made a few years prior. Um, Mm -hmm. And with this particular quilt, because it was Michigan, I put my absolute heart and really a thoughtful process into the fabric that I selected for that quilt and where I placed my two and a half inch squares in that pixelated design. So if you've seen, if if you've seen my Michigan quilt, it's called Mm -hmm. the Mitten State. Um, I chose blue and teal colors to represent the Great Lakes. And then I had various shades of gray for the state of Michigan. And the fabric that I actually chose for that quilt symbolized Michigan. So if you go to my website and you you look at the cover um, or the quilt that's on the cover of my pattern for the Mitten States, the fabrics that I chose are going to be lighthouses. You're going to see Petoskey stones, which is Michigan State Rock. You're going to see apple blossoms um, in fabric, which is Michigan State Flower. I also threw in some football-themed fabrics for the great college football teams of Michigan and Michigan State. Um, And there's other fabrics that represent the state of Michigan. And I also placed these fabrics in specific locations. So like the lighthouse fabrics, they're actually placed where 
lighthouses are in the state of Michigan or um, where I went to college Mm -hmm. and my college was an engineering school. So I picked, um, I picked fabric that had math equations. And so the math equation fabric is in Southfield, Michigan, which is where I went to college. And so, um, which is a lot of fun and all of my patterns are like that. You can get very Mm -hmm. creative and personal, but this quilt was symbolic to me because not only was it my first quilt pattern design, but it represents my love for my home state of Michigan. So I finished this quilt and we went, we went home to Michigan and the quilt literally went on a Michigan tour. And (laughs) if you follow me on Instagram, you can see this, that the quilt went to my elementary school. It went to my high school, my college. It went to the city where my family um, is from. And then it went up to Mackinac Island, um, which is in the upper upper portion of Michigan. And so those photos that I took are within my quilt pattern. And um, so there's there's some fun, really pretty pictures um, in the pattern. And I actually do the same thing for all of my patterns. I visit the states that the pattern is representing and take photos of the quilt in the state. And I use those photos in the pattern. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is so so cool. That is so cool. I I mean, I looked at your site and I looked at all the things. I'm like, this is so, they're beautiful. And I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for Idaho. I mean, I know there's (laughs) Idaho quilts out there, but I'm like, I'm waiting. Um, No, it's fine. (laughs) And then, and then when you come visit Idaho to take pictures of your quilt, yes. you can stay in my Airbnb. Yes. And <laughs> I would love that. And we can take pictures of the quilt and it can be on the cover because I yeah. love that. I, I do realize there's going to be a point where I'm not going to be able to get to the state. <laughs> you just the mail the quilt. Exactly. Just mail it to someone you know in that state, yes. take pictures, and then we'll mail it back. And it's great. Yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking is putting out Instagram help to my followers. Yeah. I got a quilt. Can I ship it to you? Can you take photos and your photo yeah. will be on my cover? That's kind of what I'm thinking. Because as much as I would love to visit every state from a timing perspective, it's a little impossible. So I'm, you know, got to yeah. think of other ways to do it. But it's very important to me to share the quilt in that particular state. And then in my pattern, it'll actually tell you pattern for photo taken at this location and this city of that state. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, I mean, you have to come to Idaho. So put that on your calendar. I will. (laughs) I love that idea. And I think like, I know I said it a million times on here and I'm not ever going to stop saying it, but like the quilting community is the coolest community. And I really feel like when you do reach out, people show up in like tenfold of what you think. And I can guarantee you, you're going to get takers like immediately. I hope so. I'm excited for it. So right now I'm actually finishing up um, Georgia. So I'm going to QuiltCon in February. So it'll, I'll take some photos in in the Atlanta area. So Mm -hmm. Georgia will come out um, soon, but the cover photo is going to be a little bit different Mm -hmm. um, until I can get to Atlanta. And then working on West Virginia, um, which will also be released by the end of the year. And then we'll be going into um, Kentucky in Florida and Texas. I've gotten Ooh. some requests lately. So I thought, well, 
I'm listening to my, to my viewers and my Instagram followers and, yeah. um, you know, we'll just start tackling those, those states as well. That's awesome. Oh, I'm excited. What a cool thing. I love your concept of like pixelating everything and then you can really, yeah, you can personalize it. And I love that you were so intentional with your Michigan like fabric placement. That is so cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, you think about um, sports teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know, you think about maybe um, there's a with South Carolina um, that I have out right now, and someone's a Clemson fan. What mm-hmm. a great opportunity to do orange and purple um, and right? maybe quilt that, or you know maybe um, college colors. Or mm-hmm. um, a lot of my quilts are I do research on the state um, to think about you know what is what is the state flower, what's a state mm-hmm. bird. Um, what type of land is the state? I think West Virginia, great example. Um, the nickname for it is the natural state. So that'll be the name of my pattern. Um, I usually go the nicknames of the states are the names of my patterns. And I was doing some research because I've never been to West Virginia, looking at photos and the color concept I chose was fall colors because mm. West Virginia has um, the Appalachian Mountains. Mm-hmm. And with fall time, and I love the fall colors mm-hmm. um, in the mountains. So I thought that's what we're going to do. It's going to have yeah. fall mountain colors. So West Virginia is going to be that. But as a quilter, you can pick any colors or any type of hues of colors or types of fabric that you may want when you're doing my patterns. That is so cool. Well, for Idaho, you can choose either the gem state or the potato state. So I would vote for gem. <laughs> you're, you're not thinking maybe like some brown and <laughs> brown and cream more brown, <laughs> more brown and more brown and brown and brown. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's I so funny. That. Yeah, it's very brown. The gem state though would be perfect. Yeah. You could use, you know, like emerald and ruby and mm. jade. Oh, how beautiful. I love yeah. that. We have a ton of granite and therefore we get a lot of garnet. Mm. And so yeah, anyway, it's there's some beautiful stuff here. I love South, that. Southeastern Idaho is kind of dry and grassy and like desert, but then the farther north you go, it's like mountains and foresty and it's there's lakes and it's just gorgeous. But yeah, anyway, enough about Idaho. Um, <laughs> well, that's so cool. So do you, you said you designed it in EQ8s or do, so do you use digital design software? Do you sketch it out first? Like what's your process like when you're designing your patterns? So my, my design process is um, very much on the engineering side of my brain. Um, and I definitely put that into action. I plan each quilt as I would a project. Um, So the quilt walks through a journey, planning, designing, executing, and then at the end, celebrating my completed project. Um, So for me, because of the way that I think, I can't move to the next step until first step is completed. So it's very much a thought process. So I complete step A and then I move to step B. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just the way that I think. Yeah. Um, 
with the the home pattern series. So that is the name of the um, the, the fifty states that I'll be doing. Um, it's home pattern and. The pixelated um, quilt patterns, as they're focusing on specific states within the U.S., um, these patterns, they come in a throw size, and they also come in mini quilt patterns as well. So you've got your throw size quilt, which is your large state, and then the mini quilt patterns is you'll have the word home, and then the O will be the state. Oh, or you can make one of just the state and it's a smaller. And my thoughts are is that people could collect various states, maybe where they're from, where they've traveled, and they could make a throw size quilt from the minis. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah. So very cool. So what I do is um, I use EQ8. And um, so my piecing for my large throw um patterns or for the smaller minis, those are applique. Everything is made in EQ8. So once I select the state, um, I begin creating the pattern and it's based on the shape of the state. And my patterns are very beginner friendly. So when I'm designing, I'm always ensuring that I'm designing the pattern that can be made by all quilting skill levels. So I'm constantly thinking, okay, this is, you know, let's think beginner, um, Mm -hmm. someone who's just starting out. And I want to make sure that these patterns are very easy to understand and follow and also create from them. Um, So once I design the quilt in EQ8, I actually make all of my quilts that I design. And I do that because it allows me to test the pattern before the pattern is actually officially printed and released to customers. So once I finish making the quilt um, and I make the quilt top um, and actually sandwich it and do the quilting and everything, um, once that's done, the quilt goes on a photo shoot, so to speak, to the state, um, Mm. gets those wonderful pictures. And then I come back and I populate those pictures and I complete the pattern process and then the pattern goes off to print. So the actual designing process for me doesn't take a lot of time. What takes the bulk of the time is me actually creating the quilt and testing my pattern. Sure. Okay. Well, like, I think that's great that you have such a methodical process because I think that streamlines everything, right? You don't have to think about like, oh, where's all my stuff? Oh, where's this? Oh, what's that? Because it's very step-by-step it's like baking a cake and you're reading the Betty Crocker instructions it's the same thing and when I write my patterns I'm I'm like I said very conscientious about it I'm making sure that my patterns are detailed enough not too detailed to make someone overwhelmed but I add as much visuals as I can because I myself is a very I'm a very visual person and also I like that step-by-step process so that's how Mm -hmm. my patterns are I love that and the diet like I love visuals in a pattern and diagrams because I can read something on paper and go what just happened like I don't know what I just read especially when it's you know intricate detailed instructions on how to sew something together so you're like wrong sides together this is it and you're just like what but if I can see it I'm like oh duh and then then I can just do it I don't have to think about it but I mean I'll double check obviously I'll read the directions too but the coupling of that I love when patterns have that so 
Me too. Me too. It's so helpful. Yes. (laughs) Which hence why YouTube and, you know, people posting on Facebook groups and stuff is so helpful because you can see it actually happening. Yes. A hundred percent. I find myself that I don't give up easy. So if I read a pattern that someone has written and I have no idea what's happening, I'll YouTube it. And I've been very lucky. Most people have made videos on all my questions and I can get it answered. But if there's something that comes up that really intimidates me, the next thing I do is wait for a class and see, is there Mm. going to be a class either virtual or in person that I can attend that will help me and all my questions on these intimidating projects that are out there? Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. It can be tricky, but yeah, I love our digital age that, that it's so easily accessible. Especially with COVID, we, mm-hmm. I think the, the virtual classes really came about over the last couple of years and have allowed right. us to attend courses all over the world from home and being able to be in our own sewing rooms and our own sewing spaces, um, mm-hmm. I think is great. Now I have to admit, I miss retreats. I am yeah. so ready to get back to a really great quilting retreat um, yeah. and spend three days, just me and my machine and mm-hmm. working on projects that have been piling up <laughs> that I want <laughs> yeah. to focus on. I'm so ready for those, but I definitely appreciate the, um, the online classes. Yeah. That's so nice. And, you know, just like I kind of mentioned at the very beginning, like having the access to this online platform has made it possible for me to do what I do. Like there's no way I could fly people to me or go, you know, it's like all the people I've talked to, I'm like, I could not have done it without this. So it's, it's really cool and it's awesome. But yeah, I think too, that in-person experience is something else, you know, you've, you've got to get that somehow. And and sometimes because we need each other. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's not just like, oh no, I'm fine alone. No, you're not. You need people. Like yes. <laughs> go get some interaction. It's okay. Yes, exactly. Be cho- you can be choosy. That's fine. But you know, go talk to somebody. You're yes. You'll, ben- you'll benefit from it. I promise. <laughs> but so I guess like in your getting to this point, what is the scariest or like hardest project you've ever done? I think the one thing that comes to mind for me is really, um, I think the scariest project that I've worked on was just the fear of the unknown with collage quilting. Um, It was, it was, I started it um, really the second year that I was quilting. I saw some collage patterns Mm -hmm. and I thought these are so cool. I want to do them. And when I opened the pattern, and of course I, I bought a bunch, I buy, I buy all these patterns, all these collage patterns, I get them home and I look at them and I thought, this is really intimidating. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what steam is. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what, what is going on? What is yeah. used? So <clears throat> um, one of my local quilt stores was offering a collage quilting class and I signed up right away. And I'm so glad I did because it, it was a great class, couple day class. Um, and I learned how to collage quilt and that was important to me because I was so nervous and intimidated by it. 
All I needed to understand was what steamacine was. <laughs> right? You're like, I got it. <laughs> yeah, I got it. It's great. I can make stickers out of fabric. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, once I got through that piece of it, it was great because I could ask the instructor, you know, how, you know, what's your opinion on this? And what about a fabric like this? And that helped me through it. Um, because mm-hmm. that definitely by far has been the the most intimidating um project that I've done. So it was such a new project for me as a new quilter. Um, but now here I am, how many years later? And I've done collage quilting. I actually teach collage quilting now at a local quilt store. And it's definitely not intimidating for me at all. And I love doing it. Um, yeah. I'm not an expert, but I I just, I love it. And I yeah. think it's fun. And I know that there's people out there that are, were scared like I am. And mm-hmm. if I can help you not be scared and help you learn the process, I'm game. I definitely want to do it. So I've been doing that for the past year um, on occasion, teaching that class. And mm-hmm. it's, it's been really great. That's so fun. Yeah. Collaging. I still haven't. Well, that's not true. We kind of did one. Well, no, we did. It was a, a dog face, like a German shepherd. Yeah. And this lady, her daughter lives here, but she's from California, but she's was like I'm up here like can you make me this quilt we're like sure and that was scary but we didn't take a class we just kind of my mom's done enough stuff that she can just figure most things out wow but that was the first time we'd like collaged anything and she had the lady had brought us like a bag full of the bandanas that he would get from getting groomed. And so we used those pieces of those in building his face. And, you know, we had to include some other fabrics and stuff, but we just, it was like more of a wall hanging size, but we just bordered it out to make it a quilt, you know, more of a lap quilt. And it turned out really cool, but it was, yeah, it was one of those things where it was like, maybe we don't love this. <laughs> maybe not for other people, but I can see how doing it for yourself and kind of creating your own art pieces and even following a pattern it gets to be uniquely yours because of your fabric choice and your placement so yes a hundred percent I love that idea of doing a, a, a dog wall hanging oh, yeah that's so cool she's like this is and she had her dog with her the when she brought her stuff over, she's like, this is him. We were like, oh my gosh. So like getting to meet the dog and then be like, okay, we can do this. (laughs) I love it. What a great idea. What a wonderful thing that you could do for her that she'll have forever. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, but again, it is, I see collage quilters, you know, the, I don't know what your, who the designer was of the ones you got, but Laura Heine is really big up here and yeah that's who it was actually okay I was gonna say usually that's like the case with collage quilts is it's a Laura Heine but our local shop they have a lot of classes too for collaging those because people are like I don't know what I'm doing but I'm gonna come learn and it's just so fun like all if I'm working because I it's the shop where I work but um I'll like sneak in there and kind of see what everybody's doing and everybody's turns out so different but they're so cool and I'm like okay maybe I need to do one of these one time 
Yes, I, I I highly recommend it. I picked um her my first one I did. Of course, I pick a very challenging one because that just kind of fits with me. Um, I picked the perfect form, so it's okay. the female bodice. Um, mm-hmm. and it was so so hard, so difficult. Um, in making sure you know how how was I going to make a woman body out of fabric, and so mm-hmm. keeping that in mind. Um, but it was one of those projects that I worked on it for the two day class. I brought it home and it actually sat for a few months and it just, it just kind of sat there and just brainstormed a little bit. And then when I brought it back out, it was play some fabric here, walk away, play Mm -hmm. some fabric here and walk away. And finally um, one weekend, I just tackled it and got it done. And I'm glad I did it that way because one thing the teacher had shared with me that really stuck was you may like where you place that fabric today, but tomorrow it doesn't fit there anymore. And I'm glad that she said that because the cool thing with Steema Seam too, is that it is a sticker. You can pick it up and move it around until you fuse it. And I loved that advice because it actually really made me be very thoughtful Mm -hmm. in my, in my fabric placement. So, um, but the finished piece was, was absolutely beautiful. I love it. It actually hangs on my sewing, um, on my office door. So when you oh. walk in my office, it's on the, it's on the office door and and I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, that one is gorgeous. And, and I think that's like kind of my hesitation because for one thing I fight against perfectionism every day and I panic when I make a decision. <laughs> seems like owning a business is my jam, right? Um, Like, did I make the right choice? Am I going to love this? You know, and it's the same thing with quilts. Whenever I make my own quilt, I can make quilts for other people. No problem. I'm like, oh, I've got this. When it comes to quilts for me or things for myself, I'm like, am I just being impulsive? Am I going to hate this in two days? Like, so I like that you started it, but then took some time to think about it. And then, you know, kind of went through that process of like giving yourself space and time to think about your placements instead of pushing yourself to finish right away. Yes. Yes. I definitely took my time. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's okay. And I think sometimes we feel like it's a race. I got to make more quilts or I've got to make more stuff. And, and it's okay if you don't, I have to tell myself that too. Like my mom, like we both have this you can see it on the wall here, um, the handmade by Tula Pink. And we both got a layer cake and I had a stack of hexes of the um, stripes and palms and solids and um, and a jelly roll of them, because why not? And so she was like, I'm going to make my quilt. She whipped hers out. I'm like, I'm going to just do the same thing. And she got hers made. I was like, it's perfect. And then as soon as I went to start making mine, I was like, I can't. (laughs) So I don't know what my problem is, but I think I just needed, because she made hers and it looks so great. I didn't want to just copy it. So I think I needed some space and and time from watching her make hers to be able to think about my own process. Like I still want to do the same thing where like she snowballed like just two corners of every square. I don't know if you can even see yeah. this, but um, so every rant, every once in a while, it forms like a little diamond yes. where those corners meet. And, but I'm like, okay, I can be more intentional about mine and I can do something different so that it's the same pattern, but it looks, it's mine instead of yes. Michelle's, you know? Yes. And she dedicated hers to her grandma because 
right when she finished it up, it would have been grandma's hundredth birthday. So we, or not crocheted, (laughs) I crocheted, we embroidered a label on the back. So I'm like, we need to start embroidering, like making labels for our quilts, especially ones we make for ourselves and like our family. Cause my nieces and nephew, like my kids, I'm like, we, we need to know where these came from. Yes, absolutely. In the year, the yeah. year that you did it. I, yeah. it's interesting because I didn't know anything about quilt labels. And mm-hmm. one thing that's when I took my quilting class, the, the teacher had said, don't forget to put a label on your quilt. And I didn't know what it was. So I did my research afterwards and I thought, yes, like I have to make this part of my process mm-hmm. that I always put a label on. And now when I see quilts that are hanging in our house, just go to that label. Oh, I did this in 2020. I did this during the pandemic, you know, yeah. and it kind of, it's kind of walks you through memories of what was going on in your life during the time that you made the quilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being in the digital, this digital age, you know, we can have like online or digital archives, like my pictures on my phone, all have a date on them. So it's like, okay, that's cool. But also like, what if that's not a thing in the future? Like, you know, I don't know. I just, I love the idea of putting the information on there. Yeah. At least the date who made it. We ask people too, who are making quilts for, do you want a label on your quilt? And a lot of times they're like, oh my gosh, yes, please add one. And they just, you know, it might just be like two so-and-so from them and then the date. And, you know, sometimes it's very specific. We're making one this week for this lady. She made a t-shirt quilt for her son and he's like my age, but their whole thing is that book. Um, what's it? Uh, like I'll I'll love you for always or I'll like you for always I'll love you forever or whatever I can't remember the exact phrasing but anyway like that's like their thing and he even got it tattooed on his arm and so we're going to embroider that phrase on the quilt and like put the mom's name and we were like should we put the year and she was like oh god no I was supposed to have this done in 2013 and we were like okay (laughs) so but it's like you know his shirts and so I think the year for that one doesn't necessarily matter because it's a collection of his things. And so it's just kind of like timeless in that way, I guess. But anyway, how do you make your labels? We have, well, we have the two um, Bernina machines and they both are embroidery. So we just do like kind of the traditional, put it in the hoop, set up the, what we wanted to say, stitch it out. And then um, we will add it to the backing um, hand stitch it on. Sometimes we'll, you know, put a little decorative like pom-poms or, you know, some rickrack with it or something. But yeah, we usually hand stitch it down onto the corner so that the binding, when we're at attaching the binding, it's, it sews it down, at least on that, that corner, but then the rest we hand stitch. So that's so yeah. cool. I love that. And I love adding the quote to the mm-hmm. label. I love quotes. They're just fantastic. Yeah. Well, and I like, well, if I was free motion long arming, I would like write stuff into my own quilts. And, um, and I've done it for other client quilts. If they wanted something like really big and filling the whole quilt, if it was a lot of text and stuff, like I will just, I kind of pencil it in where it needs to go. And then I just practice with the machine, like not running, but like practice moving it. So I can kind of get in that groove of like my handwriting. 
And so I've written really a great idea. I just love that there's so many ways too, that you can add those personalized messages. Like it doesn't have to just be embroidery. My long arm experience is um, very much using um, the computer. Mm. So doing, um, I can't remember the program. Uh, It's I think AQS is, is it APQS? APQS. Mm -hmm. That's what we have an APQS machine and we have, yeah, their, their version of the, the digital stuff is called um, Telequilter. Quilt Path. Okay. I think I've used Intelliquilter on okay. those type of machines too. Yeah. You can fit Intelliquilter on that. Yeah. The the quilt shop where I work, they have APQS machines, but though one of the ones that we will other people's quilts on has the IQ. So I've had, I learned, I've learned both, which is kind of fun, but. That's awesome. That's really yeah. great. I can't yeah. do free motion. It because I'm a perfectionist, it stresses me out, even the thought of it. And, mm-hmm. and I've done it, I you know, I've kind of played around it at shows yeah. <laughs> with, with the long arm. And yeah, and I'm like after one swipe, I'm like I'm done. I can't do it. You have to give me the computer. And because to me, it's like a robot. I'm pro like uh-huh. I used to in my my early days of my career, programming the robot to quilt to quilt is yeah. um is something that I can wrap my brain around and, and I love it. I absolutely love long arming. I think, Mm -hmm. I think that it's so satisfying and it's interesting because I know a lot of quilters, we collect the top quilts that haven't been, we we collect the tops Mm -hmm. and a lot of quilts don't actually get quilted. And it's amazing because I think it really quilting a quilt makes it look completely different. It gives it a personality. Yes, a hundred percent. And I love it. And then putting that binding on is just like the sprinkle on the cupcake. It, mm-hmm. it just finishes it off. And it's satisfying for me to be mm-hmm. able to say, okay, another quilt done. Let's move to the next project. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Like there is something to be said for that. Like putting that final bit to the quilt, you're just like, oh my gosh, I love, you know, cause there might be, if you've ever worked on a quilt top for longer than a few days, then it can get kind of old. And you're just like, am I done with this thing yet? Like, yes. can I just be done? And you kind of start to get sick of looking at it. Yes. And, then, and then you quilt it and you're like, I'm just kidding. I love you. Right, exactly. <laughs> I didn't mean any of it. Yeah. For me, it's, face. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. I still love it. Yeah. For me, it's binding. I really don't like to bind. It, it just I don't either. Not good at it. And so I just, once I get it quilted, I want to hurry up and be done with it. Yeah. And binding, it just, it's just not fun to me. It stresses me mm-hmm. out. And, but it's amazing though. The binding is so needed to finish yeah. off the look of the quilt. Yep, I just, it just frames it out. Around. Yeah. I'm, I, for my own quilts, I just do them all by machine. Cause I'm just like, mm, I don't care. Like yes. it's good. And it's going to stay on there longer. Honestly, like, I don't know. I agree. I'm not a getting quilter at no. all. <laughs> no, I've gotten okay at it, at the hand binding, just because we've had, I've had to for our client stuff, but for myself, I'm like, I'm, I'd rather stitch it on by machine and know that it's done and know that it's secure. Yes. And, um, you know, some projects call for it, but for the most part, I'm just like, no, just get it done. Get that binding on there and be done with it. Go wash it and snuggle. Like, yes, I love that. Next. So do you have a lot of quilts in process or do you have to do one quilt and then start on the next? 
for myself personally, I'm a one at a time gal. I can't, Me too. I can't think about more quilts, but for the shop, we will have multiple in progress just because we have, you know, people dropping off long arming. And then, um, because I'm with my mom three days of the week, um, we really try to maximize that time because with two of us, we can really whip out a lot. And so, um, she'll be working on something. I'll be working on something else. And we just kind of have multiple things happening at once, just various varying stages of the process. And, you know, so, but yeah, personally, I'm like, I can't, I just, I need one project at a time. And I have had like, I have had unfinished quilts while I'm working on other stuff but it's like I think something I've actually <laughs> how do you say that um <laughs> I do have a quilt hanging up in the closet upstairs that literally just needs the binding but I'm not super excited about it so I've just kind of like out of sight out of mind mm-hmm. in it um but I am currently working on my Christmas quilt and that is like I can't think about anything else right now so I uh anyway what, yeah. what is your, do you have multiple projects? Like, what do you? No way. I <laughs> I can't handle that with myself. I, yeah. I don't, it goes back to that systematic process of my head. Mm-hmm. I have to finish quilt one before I move to quilt two. Now, in between those, I'm purchasing fabric, I'm purchasing batting and everything for right. the next project. So when I finish quilt one, number two is ready to rock and roll. It's already designed. I just got to start cutting and going. Um, right. But yes, it is satisfying to me because I have a list of all the mm-hmm. projects that I want to accomplish in a year. And it's satisfying to me to put the green sticker next to the quilt name, because that means to me, you finished it. You're yeah. done. And that just, I love that. Um, that mm-hmm. feeling it's, it's just pure satisfaction for me. Yeah. Now I will have a quilt project and an embroidery project going at the same time, because to me, they're a little separate. Right. Um, so I'll have like a Kimberbell bench pillow that I'm, I'm doing embroidery on, and then I'll have a quilt that I'm focusing sure. on. But that's that's the max. Right. <laughs> it's but also it's, fascinating though. Watching really the is. embroidery machine. I mean, it I I'm a big fan of Kimberbell. And so mm-hmm. watching um just some of the stitches that my machine is doing, it's it does fascinate me. But I'm always worried, am I gonna break a needle? Is the needle gonna end up in my eye? <laughs> I'm like, should we wear safety glasses or right, something? Right, exactly. Like, I'm a little close to some machinery that could really do some damage. It doesn't stop me from like getting stupid close though. I'm like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> I know. I'm the same way. Sometimes I'll see my hands and I'm like, you need to back up a little bit. You're a little mm-hmm. you're a little bit too close to that needle. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> probably shouldn't do that yes (laughs) and now that I've like punctured myself I'm like okay I kind of keep my fingers a little back I'm like no right (laughs) you know injury but also like very very small on the scale of like how bad it could have been absolutely a (laughs) hundred (laughs) percent have you injured yourself at all like I mean, I'm afraid I, to tell you because it, no, but I'm afraid. Don't say, that, don't, say that. <laughs> don't say it then. I don't want to jinx you. I'm afraid I'm going to curse myself when I, cause I need to bind a quilt this afternoon and I'm a, yep. So we're not going to say it. We'll just go with silence is nothing. <laughs> 
great. That's awesome. And it's probably nice that you use AccuQuilt for cutting out most of your stuff because then you don't have the rotary blade needle needles, the rotary blades next to your fingers. Yes. That makes me nervous. The the rotary blade. I remember when I first started using it, my friend who would sew with uh-huh. me, she said to me, you know, Brooke, make sure you you hit the button and close your rotary blade. And, and I, at the beginning, I was like, why, you know, I keep using it. Let's just use it up. We'll leave it open. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I laugh at how naive I was, you know, at that particular time. And now I'm so careful. I'm constantly hitting the close button on my rotary Mm -hmm. cover cutter because it could drop on the floor. I could pick it up and not pay attention. Mm -hmm. Those blades are sharp. They are so sharp. Now you have to be careful with the dies though. Yeah, true. Because I've got the um the studio two. Okay. And those dies are sharper okay. than the um I had the go electric. And I actually I was cutting two and a half inch squares for a pixelated state. And I went to stand up and I placed my hand <gasps> on and it wasn't a lot of weight that I was putting on it, but just enough right. when I was standing up and I was like, I'm bleeding. And it was one of those <laughs> things where I was like, I cut myself, I'm bleeding. Yeah, right. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And then I put my finger and kind of ran my finger over it. And I was like, wow, this is really sharp. So they are, they're more sharper in the studio two version of the dies than the goes. Okay. It's, it's like crazy how many dangerous things we have to use no. to do this thing that's everybody like granny crap oh you're making quilts you're a granny I'm like listen no. there are weapons involved that's exactly right. <laughs> I bleed a lot okay because if it's not the rotary blade it's the pins <sighs> or stepping on a seam ripper I don't know uh, for me it's the long arm um uh the long arm pins yeah with the zipper yep that is like a whole different classification of quilt notions those needles are like the length of my hand (laughs) of course they're huge but they're huge and they're so sharp Mm -hmm. and every time I would put my quilt on I'd zip it up on the long arm you know your hand your hand hits and obscene words come out of the mouth every single uh-huh. time I mean it's it's awful it's like a paper cut it's horrible it's horrible and it will rip your skin like I've had them like rip open like a gash I'm like what the hell it doesn't happen as often because I think like I pin them in a way that I'm like okay I know if I hold it this angle and zip then it's yes. not gonna bump me but like if I'm zipping a quilt on that someone else has pinned I'm always like because they everybody does it just slightly differently right like yes how they hold the fabric and how they pin it through and so you have to be so careful but on my own like I feel confident zipping my own like the quilts I have pinned onto the machine without mostly without injury yes but if someone else pinned it I'm like I don't know (laughs) (laughs) a little dicey it really is (laughs) yeah oh Yeah, it's just funny. Like people act like it's this old lady thing. And I'm like, you know, it's it's really not. I know that's kind of where it came from, but it's really not. Like there's hard stuff involved and you have to be smart and you have to be creative and you have to be willing to 
blood, like bleed and sweat and cry and, you know, and spend lots of money, unfortunately, but yes. <laughs> it's fine. We have our war stories. We know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You haven't I don't need to prove my myself. shoes as a quilter. <laughs> right. Yeah. You don't even know. But also like, I don't need to prove it to anybody else. Like the, the proof is in the product, right? Like, yes. So. I don't know. (laughs) So like, I guess, would the AccuQuilt like be your top tip or like, do you have like a top tip or trick that you swear by with every project, something that you could, you know, pass along or share into the community? I think my top tip is, is planning. I, I think for me is, you know, if I plan a quilt and I'm taking into consideration how much fabric I need to buy and what colors and um, reading the instructions as well, uh, I've, I've found where if I'm not reading the instructions, um, sometimes I miss some things from, from step one to five and mm-hmm. I end up having to get the seam ripper out and start again at step one. So I think the biggest thing for me, for my tips are um, planning and then reading the instructions. Very basic. <laughs> I love that. Like, keep it simple, right? Yes, absolutely. And it's amazing what reading instructions can do for you. It can save you a lot of time. Um, mm-hmm. But also, sometimes patterns will give you tips in those instructions mm-hmm. and and I think it's a game changer so yeah just keep it simple yeah I love that well I mean speaking of your quilts and all the things that you're doing a really cool thing that has come up for you is that you were featured in quick and easy quilts magazine so how did like tell me how did that come about and like were you so excited was it nerve-wracking like what i this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing about me uh, in, in, in my personal career, as well as my quilting business, um, I'm definitely someone who is never afraid to take risks and I'm always putting myself out there. And so that's actually how um, I ended up being fe- featured in a quilt, quick and easy quilts um, magazine for their fall edition. Um, so how it happened, I was actually reading, um, an article one day and I saw the email address of the publishing company that actually puts out quick and easy magazine. And I contacted the email address. And when I was emailing, I actually had no idea where this was going to go. I just kind of shared, um, a little bit about myself at that time. I was probably not even six months of having my business. And so I was sharing with them, these are my current quilt patterns. I'm new in the quilt pattern design business. Here's a little bit about me. Here's my website. Mm -hmm. And um, I received an email response almost immediately. Wow. Yeah, it was was amazing. It was wonderful. And I was so excited um, when I got the email. And uh, the woman I spoke to or I had emailed, she wanted to talk to me on the phone. And so... Um, In our discussion on the phone, she was telling me that Quick and Easy Magazine was going to be preparing for their fall issue, and they were going to be featuring patterns that were pre-cut friendly. 
okay. fabric friendly. And so she said, your patterns, can you make them from pre-cut fabrics? And I was like, absolutely. You can make it from jelly rolls, from layered cakes, charm packs, everything. Cause two and a half inch squares. Mm-hmm. And, um, she said, would you, would you be interested in, in being featured in the magazine? And uh, she said, you know, these are the requirements. Um, you know, I'll need you to design an advertisement. And um, she said, you know, it would be really cool if you could do a quilt for the United States. Mm. And I thought that's a really great idea. And she says, I, she says, I recommend the United States because your quilts are specific to various states. And because you don't have all 50 states ready yet, if you did an America quilt, that could be appealing to a broader audience. So I got off the phone with her and immediately started designing my U.S. pixelated quilt and um, finished the quilt. It went out on a photo shoot actually to the location where my husband and I had gotten married a few years ago. It was on a farm and um, quilt went out to the farm, had the photo shoot and I put together the advertisement and sent it on. And, uh, and so, yeah, I was featured in the magazine and it was exciting for me because I was able to share my company, um, with being less than a year old. It's, it's very, um, it's very heartwarming to be in a magazine, um, and sharing my home pattern series and sharing that my patterns can be made by pre-cut fabrics and also AccuQuilt machines, um, was also really exciting as well. So I'm very, very um, honored that I was able to be a part of the magazine for the fall. That is so cool. And how brave of you to just be like, eh, let's see what happens. Right, right. And honestly, <laughs> I, I, you know, when I think about my quilts and I'm contacting stores about my quilt patterns or mm-hmm. I take the quilt into the store, um, I'm putting myself out there all the time and introducing myself as a brand new pattern designer. This is yeah. what I have to offer. Are you interested? Great. Mm-hmm. If not, that's okay. I hope we cross paths again. And right. I'm I'm like that as a person as a person. Um, you know, and also my 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 professional career outside of quilting. Um, I'm very much a risk taker and wanting to put myself out there. So yeah, that's what happened. Wow, that is so cool. And how exciting, like, I'm, I'm like, I got to go scour the shelves and find that magazine because I want it. <laughs> That's so cool. I, uh, I had it framed because I just think it's so cool uh, that yeah. I'm in a magazine. So I had it framed for my sewing room and, oh, and uh, yeah, it was really, um, it's like I said, it's really heartwarming to me to, to yeah. see that I, I I'm excited. Well, and that it wasn't like, oh, your your business is only six months old. Like, we're not going to mess with you. But they were like, heck yeah, let's do this. Like, yes. that is really exciting and yeah, and, the and encouraging. She, right. That's what she was so encouraging and giving me other ideas. Um, yeah. So now I'm on their mailing list. So I get you know calls for quilt pattern um, pretty much every month. You know, if you're you know hello quilt pattern designers. Um, if you have a quilt pattern that is talking about X, we're looking okay. for those patterns for our, you know, 2023 spring magazine. So I'm on those, which is great because that's good visibility. Mm-hmm. If I have a quilt pattern that hasn't been released, I could possibly maybe, you know, re-enter um, to be part of the magazine again. Um, but she gave me all these wonderful 
ideas as a new business owner in the quilt industry that's so large. Mm -hmm. um, she was a big help. And then to give me a recommendation on, hey, you should design a U.S. quilt. Yeah. It'll be appealing to people. I hadn't even considered it. And so um, I really appreciated her feedback and guidance and really being a mentor to me at, yeah. with one phone conversation very early in my quilt um, company, you know, timeline. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. And I, I love, love those kinds of interactions because you just never know what's going to come of them. And like, I mean, I kind of have to be in that same boat with this too, like reaching out to people to be like, Hey, do you want to be on my tiny little show? But you know, the people who have said yes have really surprised me. And it's been so exciting because I've gotten to meet a lot of really cool people that like, otherwise I never would have talked to, you know, an in-depth conversation, you know, right? And really getting to know each other. And I think it's just so special. And I had a, um, a couple months ago, I was at the local quilt store. They, they buy, they sell a lot of my patterns mm. and this woman came up to me. I was delivering, um, a set of patterns to the quilt store. And she said, are you the, are you this quilt designer? And I said, yes. And she says, will you sign my quilt pattern? And oh. I almost started crying because it touched my heart. And I thought, I'm like almost crying right now. Like, right? I was like, yes, I will. And it was so exciting that she asked me to do that for her. And I, I, I left the store and I thought, oh my gosh, I, you know, I just felt really, just really good, warm and fuzzies. It, that, was, yeah. that was really, really nice. And I appreciated that. Yeah, just like being seen and you're like your work matters to somebody. You're like, yes. oh my god, I know. That's so cute. That's so I know. Cute. I thought it was really cute. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna buy a magazine. I'll mail it to you. I'll have you sign it, and then you hundred percent me. Absolutely. That's such a good idea. <laughs> so smart. So smart. Oh, I love that. Oh, how cute and like so endearing, and it just probably like for me that was just like give me encouragement to keep going you know yes like, yes what I'm doing isn't a waste not that you would ever think that but like I tend to be like am I what am I doing am I wasting my time like then I'm like no look at all the beautiful quilts that people have in their homes yes. or were able to gift to someone because they couldn't necessarily do it themselves but I was able to help them and that's right it means something yes it does you have a talent and you want to share your talent. And I think that yeah. that's fantastic. And you're sharing your skill and yeah. you're giving some, something to somebody that they will have forever. Yeah. Yeah. And like, same with your patterns. Like clearly your engineering brain is, is serving you well and in both <laughs> arenas. And I love that you're a mechanical engineer. My brother's my little brother who's getting married, his fiance is a mechanical engineer too. So I was like, oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> there are not many females, uh, female engineers out there. I remember when I went to college, I was typically the only female in my classes and oh. uh, there's not many females, but I think now I, I graduated college like 20, 20 some years ago. Mm. And, uh, but now I'm hearing more and more females yeah. that are mechanical engineers or industrial engineers, electrical, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I'm so excited for them to be yeah. in this type of career. And because the doors are they're they're wide and they're open and you just mm -hmm. got to throw yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. She loves her job. And like they met because they worked, we, and I worked there too in the summers for the summer camp, but we had this like STEM company that would had a big, they had converted like a big city bus into like a mobile 
you know, thing that they could take to schools. And then they had summer camps. And so I was one of the teachers and that's how they met. Um, and so anyway, but yeah, it's, she's just, it's just great. Like, I love that, you know, someone who you would look at and just be like, oh, she's probably, you know, not very, I don't know. She's adorable. She's beautiful. She has like gorgeous style and like, you know, just not someone that you would picture like in the engineering field. And then she's like, yeah, I'm a mechanical engineer. And I'm like, of course you are. You're like gorgeous and super smart. My brother deserves somebody like you, you know, a hundred percent. So I love it, but yeah, it's, it's so cool. And like, I just, I love that. Like you can marry the two. Cause I think some people are like, oh, I'm, I'm mathematics and this and this. I'm like, yeah, but that is, that's where all creativity comes from. Like to to take the thoughts that happen in your brain you have to take those concepts that come from mathematics and engineering and design and you have to put those things into practice to get the creative stuff to come to life so it's all married (laughs) it it all belongs together and there's no like because it's all part of the process (laughs) yeah exactly exactly some of us are less good at having process you know following steps like ooh, I don't know who that is but <laughs> I'm getting better been a battle to be like we need to streamline things <laughs> I think my need for methodical direction gets in my way of actually seeing stuff that's there sometimes like yeah, right in 100%. front of my face yes because it, it frustrates us and mm-hmm. we get we get when we get frustrated we're we're lost in the process for for mm-hmm. myself I have to step away yeah. and just put it down. Don't read it anymore. Come back to it in a couple hours, maybe the next day with a mm-hmm. fresh mind. And, and I, and I've done that on several projects. I just, I have to walk away, recharge, yeah. and then I'm ready to go. But I do love when like with your patterns and I, like I said, I've tested for Katarina and her patterns as well when they are laid out in a way that's like, here is this entire step all in one spot where you can find everything. There's diagrams, there's checkbox, you know, all the information is right here. And then the next part is the next step and everything you need for that step laid out well so that it all flows and makes sense. And then like that is so much easier to deal with so thank you for being absolutely (laughs) for being one to like really make sure like because I think it's so easy to put patterns out there that if you're not mindful of that like it comes across there's so much to be said for the people the pattern designers like yourself who take the time to make sure that it's doable and it flows and makes sense and there's a a method to the process yes a hundred percent absolutely (laughs) oh well thank you for being here today I just I saw your site and I saw your Instagram and I was like how do you talk to this girl like first of all you named your your business bitch and stitches and I was like she's one of me she's one of us exactly (laughs) I mean I have been daunt you know my nickname is the cussy quilter and so I'm like okay if anybody can like 
pull that in and, and accept that, then they can accept me. And this is great. <laughs> Absolutely. A hundred percent. I, my name is based on who I am a hundred percent, you know, it's, yeah. it's true Brooke. And if you know me personally and you know, my name, it just fits like a glove. It's just, it's who I am. And and I love my business name. Unfortunately, it may offend some people and I'm sorry if it does, but um, it's it's the business name that really describes me. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I I think the more authentically we can live, the more quickly and easily we find our people and we can just strengthen our communities that way. And it's okay if it's not for everybody because right. like as humans, we're not for everybody. So right. You just got to find your people. And I definitely think we are each other's people. Yes, I think so too. I love (laughs) it. We should make a pattern together. Our processing (gasps) is so in line. (laughs) I know. Oh my gosh, that would be so fun. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I love it. Yay. (laughs) Well, in the meantime, can you share with our listeners where they can find you online? Yes, of course. So you can find me on my website, um, www.brooksbitchinstitches.com. I'm also on Instagram, um, brooksbitchinstitches, but you're going to want to drop that I on the bitchin. Um, and I'm on Facebook as well. And the same Brooks Bitchin Stitches, but you got to drop that I on the, on the, uh, on the bitchin. And that's where you'll find me on my three platforms. Perfect. And I will link those in the show notes so that people can just get you in one click. Um, yeah. And otherwise, thank you so much again for joining me. And I'm so excited to see all the different states come to life and I'll be waiting for Idaho. Absolutely. (laughs) Then you can come stay with me and it'll be so fun. I would absolutely love that. We can have a weekend of collaboration and good process building. And Mm -hmm. I appreciate you so much inviting me to be on your show. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Oh, yay. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye.